Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Alexiak finally able to reel him in. Force the puck free, and all of a sudden it's a three-on-two for Seattle shorthanded if they want it. Left to right comes Brandon Tanum. Over the line, stripped from behind by Nugent Hopkins, and there's the problem. Now it's a three-on-one the other way. Nugent Hopkins to Zach Hyman. Reshot score! Okay, that stands up as the game winner tonight at Rogers Place. Zach Hyman on the power play with 3.50 left in the second period. And the Oilers close out the preseason with a 3-1 victory over the Seattle Kraken. Jared McCann opened the scoring in the first period. Connor McDavid replied less than three minutes later. The uh, Hyman goal in the second period. And then Evander Kane with a little insurance early in the third. That's the goal scoring. But how about the stopping tonight? And that's one of the headline stories of the preseason is the play of Jack Campbell. Once again, he makes over 30 saves in a game, allows only one goal. He goes 3-0 in the preseason, 35 stops tonight as Rob Brown joins me in our booth here in Studio 99. Jack Campbell was exceptional. The Oilers did not have the puck a lot in the second period. He made 18 saves. And then even in the final couple of minutes after Seattle pulled the goalie, he had to come up with three or four really good saves to put it away. Uh, I, I mean, we've said this numerous times, but it bears repeating. He looks like a different goaltender than the one we saw last year. He does. Uh, he looks a lot more calm, a lot more confident. Um, he looks bigger in net. Uh, he's been excellent. And that bodes well for the Oilers uh, to be able to throw two different goalies at you and feel confident both of them are going to give you quality starts uh, leads you to having a good regular season and, and, and so forth. Uh, Jack Campbell came in here not to just play better. Jack Campbell came in here to be the starting goaltender for the Oilers. And whether it's in game one of the regular season or game one of the, the playoffs, that is his goal. And and give him credit. He was excellent. Uh, it, it's, it's a nice story. He's a player that everyone cheers for. Uh, he's a guy that I've never read or heard or, or seen a, a comment that was negative about him as a person. So now you're cheering for him. And then he comes in and plays like he did in the preseason. If it's just simply based on what have you done for me lately, he starts game one of the regular season because that he was that good here in the preseason. Well, to me, it's there's no doubt. Now, I, I don't know what Woody's going to do. I don't know how much last season will weigh into anything. But if you just based it on the preseason and again it's game one there's so much along the way but you want to give your team the best chance to win every game I mean to me if it's just based on the preseason it's no contest I'm not saying Skinner played poorly but Campbell was better oh well, so 
Campbell, I we'll mean, we'll see what he does. Campbell but. can't do much more than he did this preseason. Well, he, he would have had to get three shutouts <laughs> to do better. <laughs> yeah. so. I, I, well, he more or less was the best player in every game that he played. And uh, there were times tonight where the Seattle Kraken were the better team, yeah. where the Oilers had breakdowns. And anytime there's a breakdown, Campbell not only uh, made the saves, he made them look easy. There was never a one where he's diving from one side to the other. He'd already anticipated and read the play and knew where to be. Uh, rebounds he kept in front of him. Uh, when there was a scramble in front, uh, in, in all honesty, he looked like Skinner usually does. When Skinner's down, he just stays in front of it. There's no panic in his game. And it, it just... It, it just resonates through the entire bench. When you got a confident goaltender, you have a confident bench. So, it, to me, both goalies will play in game one and two simply because uh, one has played well enough to deserve one of the starts in the preseason, and one of them was your starter all last year. And with such a long break after, you know, the way the Oilers start their season, I think they both should start one of those games. But if you're based, if, if game one means something, to the regular season, and it does because you want to get off to a good good start. Well, Jack Campbell, with his play, deserves to be the starter in game one. He has been that good, and tonight just cemented it. Yeah, and in every game he played, there was a, a period, at least, in which the Oilers weren't very good and easily could have lost the game in that one period with just average goaltending. Yep. I mean, tonight the shots were 18-5 in the second period, and the Oilers won the period 1-0. Now, credit that they scored, but... <laughs> The goal meant a lot because Campbell stopped all the shots in the period. Yeah, it's, and anytime things went sideways, he, he, he was there for you. And the Oilers are a good team, but they still aren't the the Canadians team that won, what, five Stanley Cups or four Stanley Cups in a row that had this incredible defense. They still make mistakes. They're a team that can capitalize on your mistakes, but there are some... Uh, some risk-reward plays that are made during hockey games with the Edmonton Oilers, and you need a goaltender that's able to bail you out time and again. And Campbell did that tonight. There was a couple odd man breaks, and on those, he looked... It, it, it got to the point where you didn't think Seattle could score. And we've seen that in the past when Mike Smith used to have those streaks where he would get hot. You're like, yeah, there's zero chance they're putting one by Smith tonight. Well, I felt that with Campbell tonight, and I felt that more or less through the whole preseason. And, and good on him. And good for the Oilers now to have options. Because there were times last year where there, there was no option. We're going with Skinner. Because we threw Campbell in three games ago, and it was, ooh, it was an off night. And we can't afford it right now. With the, we're trying to chase that division, chase that conference. So Jack Campbell has certainly put his name uh, into the equation of who starts game one as he has been the better of the two goalies here in preseason. So 3-1, the Oilers win, even though they are outshot 36-25 by the Seattle Kraken. On the uh, on the blue line, uh, you know, Ben Gleason has, uh, has stuck around and has done a pretty good job. He, you know, he, he winds up with four minutes in penalties tonight, even on the game. Uh, credited with uh, three hits, a couple of shots on goal. He played almost 16 minutes, 15:53. Now, again, there's there are there as much as we say, well, it's merit. There are contracts yep. to worry about. There are waivers to worry about. There are, in some cases, years of history to worry about. Yep. But if you if you'd never watched hockey and said, okay, who should be on this Oilers team? You'd have to start. Well, the season, you'd have to put Ben Gleason, and maybe, and he might be with, depending on how the injury situation. I mean, if if the Oilers are completely healthy on the back end if both Kulak and Ekholm play in game one, which 
I don't know if that happens we'll or see. not. I don't, th- but, I don't think Ekholm will. He might not play till the weekend. But even if they did, if they were all completely healthy based on the preseason, Gleason's still in my lineup. He's in my lineup and you go seven defensive because I don't think anyone has done enough to become a 12th forward here. Uh, tonight was a game that you would see in a regular season for the Edmonton Oilers on the fourth line where you won't get a lot of ice time. And you really didn't notice Lavoie. Uh, you didn't notice Ernie other than at the end of a period where he, he, he went for a cross-check and then there was a bit of a brouhaha. Um, Peterson was a little quieter tonight, uh, and a lot of it had to do with they just were, it was a quieter game in the bottom six. So there's no one on the, as a 12th forward that deserves to be in more than Gleason does as a seventh defenseman. Uh, so based on the preseason, Campbell starts game one. Gleason is in the starting lineup on, in game one, and the Oilers are going with 7-D. Now, the other thing that comes into play, too, the way that Gleason has played in this preseason, so I don't know, what's he played, five games, six games? Something along. He's played quite a few games, but there's five or six teams now that have seen him play in the preseason. And if he gets sent to the minors, he has to go through waivers. What I've seen so far, and again, preseason, but this was a this was a Seattle Kraken team tonight. They played. Yeah. He's what I've seen in the preseason. He's good enough to play in the National Hockey League. So if he goes gets put on waivers, there's teams out there that have issues with a five, six, seven defenseman. You put him on waivers, he could get picked up. He's got a, a, a pretty good contract for uh, to get under the salary cap. Uh, so that's a fear, too. All of a sudden, because we both probably agree that if, if he gets sent to the minors, he's the number one call-up. Would you not agree with that? On the blue line? On the blue line. For absolutely. Yeah, so, I don't know how, yeah. Yeah, so all of a sudden, you'd go to send him down, he gets picked up. You just lost your number one call-up, a guy that actually has outplayed a couple other guys on the back end. So it becomes a little more difficult for Ken Holland to see what he's going to do over the next few days. But uh, uh, Gleason, to me, has been excellent. And again, even in tonight's game, was one of the most noticeable defensemen with the way he played. Well, I noticed him more physically tonight. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, he, A, he, he threw the big hit on Barakowski early in the hockey game. He challenged, dropped his gloves and challenged, uh, I can't remember, number 21, I think it was, uh, who, who ran CeCe over, and then challenged him later in another shift where he went after him again. Wenberg. Wenberg, sorry, yeah. Went after Wenberg, and then went after Wenberg later, where he skated all the way down the ice talking to him. So that's a part that we hadn't seen before. So Gleason did everything possible to try and make this team. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. A serious camp. It was a lot of work um, put in by our players. Um, you know, most of them played five or six preseason games. I think uh, we're seeing positive signs, but we're still a work in progress, not finished product, but I thought we got a lot of good work done. Credit to our players. You said it was an open competition for the net opening night. Jack Campbell put another really solid performance uh, in. Uh, how much has he given you to think about here? What have you thought about him? He's given uh, every everything he's had to make another uh, good start tonight and I thought he was excellent again I think um, you know both goaltenders give us a chance to win the reality is uh, it's a two goaltender league I'm sure they're I don't know what the split will end up at at the end of the year but both of them are going to help us win and get to where we want to get to you know I haven't even given a thought on opening night yet yet uh, i'm going to digest this win and then we'll see um over the next couple of days uh, which direction we'll be leaning 
Jay, it was no secret, uh, just to follow up on Ryan's question, that the last year didn't go the way Jack Campbell wanted. Obviously, he, he did have a, a good showing in the playoffs and his relief appearances, but would you categorize, how would you categorize his, uh, his preseason then? Is it a pleasant surprise? Is, it, how would you, is there any other way you'd describe it? I, I saw progress, not perfection, and um, I think he should feel really, really good about where he's at because he put in a ton of work over the summertime, put a ton of work in here over the last month or so, and uh, he should feel very good about his individual game. But I, I've said this after every start of his, he'd be the first person to say that he expects to play like that, and I'd be the next person to say we expect him to play like that. Talked to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I just wonder what you th you thought of that line with um, with Drysaitel and Hyman, especially as camp and preseason games. Yeah, elements of a really good uh, line for us. Um, Nuge is such a cerebral player, makes good plays, subtle subtleties to the game. Hyman plays a power forward type of game. I think he had three or four breakaways tonight. Um, he gets in behind people, hangs on to pucks. Leon's passing ability complements anybody he plays with. Uh, just one more for me. I, yeah. I, I wonder if you have an update on, on Breck Hulak, who we haven't uh, talked about much in long. Yeah, you know, he's one. He's in the bumps and bruises category, but he's put in uh, some really good days. You guys might not see him on the ice, but he's been on the ice. He's he's progressing nicely. Did you uh, make any moves after the game? Did you, is there any moves with guys going down here? I think uh, there should be some announcements probably either later tonight or tomorrow morning spec. But, yeah, that's kind of going on over the next little bit here. I'm, I, won't, I won't put it out in the media just yet. I'll let Ken and his department do that. What were your thoughts on the uh, Yan Market Center with Ryan uh, fourth line? Yeah, I thought it was a good fourth line for us. I thought they gave us good minutes. Um, if, you know, I trusted them in a lot of different types of situations. I thought in the second period we got into some penalty trouble, and that took away from our five-on-five -five game. Uh, and that line went out and helped us rebuild that five-on-five -five game. They got it in on the forecheck. Um, DR made a bunch of solid plays along the wall, and Adam Ernie, I thought, had a heck of a game. He was good on the penalty kill, was physical for us, uh, had a burr in his saddle, and that was a good line. So I'm not sure you would agree with this, but the consensus was that in losing to Vegas last year, that four-line team that kind of ground you guys down, and they won on the basis of having a very solid four-line approach. Um, does that make you want to be more cognizant of your four-line approach this year? Do you feel like you need to have more ownership down there? Consensus from who? Lots of people who watch the series. Hey, you know, I heard something the other day uh, from a very learned individual, and he called it a, a pathology culture, which is, uh, you know, the ability to dissect after the fact. I think if you look at that series um, objectively and below surface level, I think there's a lot of things um, that um, we did well, and I think there's a lot of things um, that we can improve in. In the end, there were moments in that series that we could have handled better, and the we is collective. Our coaches are in it with our players. It's a not uncommon for teams trying to strive to uh, to get to where they want to get to to have to go through some of those experiences and 
you know, I think your initial question was, does that change my philosophy? Well, we'll see. I think um, one of the things about only being, only having a 12 forward roster is, is um, you know, you don't have the ability to move the 13th or 14th piece in into the puzzle to hold some people accountable. So sometimes going 11 and 7, that might have to be our way. And I, I believe um, having that accountability for people is important. I think that's what draws the best out of people. And I think there's other advantages of going 11 and 7 too. In the end, we're not trying to copy anyone else's way. You referenced Vegas. We're trying to find our own way. Jay, both uh, Nugent Hopkins and Kane brought up the systems and the changes to the system in this training camp. How much do you find benefit in an eight-game preseason to maybe iron out some of the finer details and the changes to those systems? Yeah, I think there's small layers that you add. And this kind of goes back to Speck's question is that, you know, as you move forward, you realize it's hard to change everything all at once. you can do that, but it doesn't mean you're going to be great in any of those areas that you're looking to do. So we've been very focused over the last year and a half on what we wanted to pick in terms of um, in terms of what we were putting our emphasis on. Uh, this summer, uh, we've had a chance to now come into our second training camp, uh, but it's two and a half years of being together with this coaching staff, and and I think. You see small layers added to our game. Training camp, eight games uh, in preseason, that's the time to do it because you can really dive into detail. And um, it's a credit to our players because they've bought in and they're really focusing hard on it. And um, we think we're in a good spot heading into game one. Jay, can you give us your assessment of Gleason's play now that the preseason is over? He stepped in tonight when Cody Cece got jammed into the end boards. Yeah, we gave up quite the chance against on that one, didn't we? I uh, was thankful that the uh, the referees blew that one down. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that he had that abrasiveness to him. Um, uh, we saw it at the end of the Vancouver game as well. Um, you know, I think he makes a good good first pass. I think he gets it through from the point. He's got a little bit of poise. He's played four games in the NHL, and that was in 2018-19. Uh, so I think coming to a new organization, he wanted to assert himself and make a good good impression. He's done that. And tonight, you mentioned all the penalties. Uh, Raphael Lavoie doesn't get a chance to play as much because you're using other guys in yeah. the third and fourth line to kill penalties. So as a coach... Are you assessing the game a little differently when there's so many penalties? Well, you understand that, right? And, and we understand where the role that's open for, at least right now, the way we're built, the role that's open is probably not someone going on a, on our power play right now. Um, so, you know, some people get taken out of the game when when there's a lot of power plays or a lot of penalty kills. You know, I s- still think he finished with a good amount. I tried to find him ice here and there, spotted him through with a couple different lines and that type of thing. But Raf's had a very good camp as well. Uh, I see growth in Raf, And, uh, you know, he's had different moments throughout the camp. That's been impressive. He's had some growth opportunities as well. And he's, he's given a good account of himself. 
Thank you. Good. Thanks, guys. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers beat Seattle 3-1. Headline, Campbell good again, 35 saves. We were talking about Ben Gleason And what he was asked about Raphael Lavoie, who, yeah, we didn't see uh, a... a Ton. I think he I got thought up about to 10, 12 11. minutes. What did he get up? I thought to? it was 10 or 11 when I looked earlier. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. 10:37. So, I mean, that's the one thing that you and I have talked about when we talk about Lavoie being the 12th forward is he doesn't play power play and never will. Not not in a number of years here. He's he's lower on the depth chart uh, and he doesn't penalty kill and he's not going to be a penalty killer. So you have to search for ice time for him. Now it's one thing to search for ice time in a preseason game which doesn't mean as much. It's another thing if you're searching for ice time in a regular season game. There's a little more pressure as a coach to, okay, well, you know, we got a two-goal lead in the third against Seattle. Do I, am I putting my fourth line or am I going to put out one of the, my top two guys out there? So it, it, it's a, that's where the it gets tough for Lavoie as the 12th guy. The other guys on their fourth line, say it's Yanmark and Ryan, they both penalty kill. Right. And... Ryan will go out at times to take bigger face-offs on his right side. Yep. Uh, Lane Peterson, who's in the battle too, if he's in there, he can penalty kill. He's a better skater than Lavoie. So that's the tough part. And, and even Adam Ernie, who uh, was on a PTO here, and I, I don't think he's done enough, but even he is a guy that can go out and penalty kill. So uh, Matthew Lavoie, or sorry, Lavoie, I got a kid that I coach named Matthew, uh, but Lavoie is a guy that... Um, has got some upside. He's got a big. He's a big guy. He's got uh, a wonderful shot, but he's trying out for a team, and he just yeah, yeah, I, you, you're you're going to have to search to get him the ice time that he needs to be a factor in hockey games because he's the the way he plays doesn't really fit into what the Oilers are looking for in that 12 forward. Yeah, we uh, and as Jay said, maybe some. I don't know if they'll announce anything tonight, but maybe tomorrow about players being assigned. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, again, like Gleason's the, the guy who, if if you're picking, if you had to pick the team and say who did you come out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't think he came out of nowhere. <laughs> He's probably thinking like, hey, I've played five years in the minors here. Like, I know what I'm doing. But he, he'd he be the one, right? So, Well, we'll it, it, he'd be sixth in, for the defenseman, for the Oilers, oh, for based sure. on what he played right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's outplayed both DeHarnay and Broberg. So, but then do you put he's, he plays differently than Deharnay. Yes. Deharnay is a monster of a man who is a shutdown guy and kills penalties. So now you're comparing him against Proberg. Now he I think he's been better than Broberg, but Broberg is a first round draft pick. Yes. Who this was the year that it was supposed to be him and Ekholm. They've got all the talk about it. What does it do to a confidence of a Broberg if you to send him down? And that you may lose him mentally if you send him down. Having said that, you actually may lose Gleason physically right. if you send him down because someone could pick him up. Uh, well, which I guess if we're going to do the, the what-if game, would you assign DeHarnay? I don't know if he would get claimed because I would think organizations... Well, did, does, oh, well, I don't know. DeHarnay, I mean, that's a monster of a man that... Yeah. 
And he does it. There's something that he adds to the Oilers on the back end, just to, and with his penalty killing and stuff. Um, it, it is tough. But, I mean, this is why the NHL sets it up the way it is. It allows players that are good enough to play in the National Hockey League. If they can't find a spot on this team, it allows another team to give them a chance. Right. And that's the way it should be. So if Gleason is the guy that gets sent to the minors and someone picks him up, well, that's good for Gleason. Not as good for the others, but you got to think of the individual. So you hope that he gets a chance to play in the NHL. You just hope right now it's for the Edmonton Oilers. So 3-1, the Oilers win it tonight. You can give us a buzz at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline for Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. You can uh, play armchair coach and or armchair GM tonight with uh, your goaltending decision for game one and uh, any roster moves you might be inclined to make or players you might uh, risk putting on waivers to send to the minors and uh, and maybe you don't uh, have them 24 hours after you put them on waivers. 780-496-0063. We'll get more post-game reaction from the Oilers dressing room as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. There's Hart up the boards, not out. Tolvin in left circle, shot save, Campbell, rebound, save. Campbell a second time. Brilliant work by Jack Campbell. One timer right circle, and that was ripped wide. Excellent outing by Jack Campbell. His save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. 35 stops for Campbell. He's the big reason the Oilers win tonight. 3-1 over the Seattle Kraken. So the preseason record for the Oilers wraps up at 5-2-1. The game's counting the standings starting Wednesday in Vancouver. Well, there are regular season games for other teams on Tuesday, but for the Oilers, the first game is Wednesday. 780-496-0063. We will welcome Ryan to the show. Ryan, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. Hey, uh, you know what? We're struggling with the whole uh, defensive thing here. Uh, My son and I have been chatting and chatting and chatting. We're at all the preseason games at home, and What's it going to be? I, you know what? Goaltending looks fantastic. Forwards look fantastic. The combinations, the four lines, but the defense, ah, uh, we don't like CC. Well, what do we CC, do? Yeah, I what think can we I, do? I, well, I think he'll he'll be here. I think they're. I mean, he's a veteran guy. He's under contract. Played through with a bit of an injury last year, so I think. He's going to get a play. He's going to get well, a play. He's 100% going to play. I mean, I think he's one of those guys he'd have to play his way out of the lineup, I would think. I, I, thought, I, I haven't had any issue with CC in the preseason. I thought he's been fine. Uh, he is what he is. Uh, at times, probably played higher in the lineup than he should have last year, but that was based on necessity. Uh, it, the thought at the beginning of the season was, or preseason, was that he would be in your third pairing playing with. Uh, Kulak, Kulak, CC is a third pairing, is a very good third pairing. So, uh, I think the Oilers, the Oilers' defense is, well, I think it's the deepest it's been in a long, long time. If they have a healthy Ekholm and you get Kulak back in there, uh, I think they've got a, a, a nice defense. Something that they're going to probably try to improve. Maybe get a veteran guy as you get closer to the trade deadline, but considering the salary cap issues that the Oilers have, I think the Oilers are set up pretty well from top to bottom this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I get it. I mean, we hear from player, from fans all the time, I don't like this guy. This guy's not good. How does he fit in? Well, I mean, the Oilers are still better than they have been in a long time mm-hmm. and, and better than most teams in the NHL. I, I think you can't always measure a player against perfection. No. Like, you're going to say, well, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do this. Sometimes you're going to say, he does this. And if we just ask him to do this and put him in a situation where he can do this in games more often than not, that's what they want. If a player starts not being able to do what he's being asked to do and doesn't improve in other areas, well, okay, then you got a problem. Well, but. if Cody Cece is a guy that you're counting on for 23, 24 minutes a night, well, then... Uh, the Oilers probably are not as strong a hockey club, but if Cody Cease is a guy that's going to play 18 minutes a night, well, all of a sudden you become a much stronger team. Uh, Cody Cease is fine. Whether he's a third-pairing defenseman or if he slides up into your second pairing until they find a better option, Cody Cece and the Oilers' defense is better than it's been in a long, long time. Okay, we got to get in the news and weather here. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you at 780-496-0063. The Japanese Village Goal Light is back for this season. Japanese Village now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We're live in Studio 99. The Oilers have won it. 3-1 over the Kraken. Football tonight. We had the game over on Kissin' Country 103.9. Elks eliminated officially from the playoffs, losing 35-12 to the Argos. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. All right, the Oilers have won their final preseason game, 3-1 over the Seattle Kraken. We'll update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Canucks lead the Flames 3-1 late in the third. Penguins over the Sabres 7-4. Crosby fought, eh? It, that, was, that was a big exhibition game for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He wanted to set the tone early in it. Devils beat the Islanders 3-0. Hurricanes knock off the Predators 4-1. Uh, I mentioned the Elks losing 35-12 in Toronto. And a big game tonight for first in the West Division, and uh, BC has the edge. Four and a half minutes to go, they lead Winnipeg 26-16. Uh, we'll hear from Jack Campbell in a second. He had a great game, 35 stops, but first to 780-496-0063, we have Sir Robert on the line. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good, where are you? It sounds noisy. Uh, just at a, just at a, uh, just at a bar by the arena. I was at the game tonight. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I was, uh, 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 no, I guess I'll say, you know, yeah, I thought it was a good game. I thought overall, and well, I mean, I thought the first period, Oilers were good. Second and second, I thought they were flat for pretty well most of it. Third, they kind of, third, they kind of woke up a bit, managed to close it out. But for me, uh, for me, I would, I just, I would say, for me, Campbell is, the game one starter easily. Nothing against Skinner, but Campbell's clearly been the better of the two. And uh, honestly, at the start of the season, I would keep the likes of uh, uh, Ben Gleason up here because, I mean, you really don't want to lose him, but, you know, you send him down and 
someone else with issues on the back end decides to pick him up, right? So we'll have to see uh, see how it goes come the start of the season. Guys like Kuluak and Ekholm, but to me, I would keep him here as a, as a, uh, a seventh defenseman. Well, and, and, and you referenced the injuries, right? They might have to anyway, so that could make a decision a little easier. Thanks, Robert. We'll let you go back to your your buddies. Hey, uh, more background noise than usual from Sir Robert. He's uh, out enjoying a Friday night, as he should be. But, yeah, I mean, not not that injuries are, are good, but sometimes it does give a, a GM or a coach to say, well, we have to keep this guy here, so now we can... But see how he does, right? I don't understand all the rules in the NHL when it comes to the cap stuff, but wouldn't they have to put a defenseman on IR then to be able to keep him up here? Because if they keep him up because someone's injured, they don't have enough money to keep him up. That's why they're only going with 21 players. Yeah, fair point. So, Well, I guess it would depend how, yeah. So if you're going to put someone on IR, I don't know how long you have to be on IR. Does that mean they have to miss two games? I'm not sure. Again, I have no idea how it works. Well, there's retroactive IR to when the injury was, but, but I, I'm not the, but sure, if it, the first I'm not sure how season. it counts in the preseason. To be yeah, so, yeah, so I don't know if they can just keep him up that way just because they need him. Uh, but that's why they all the NHL teams have a cap guy that only looks after cap issues. If it goes simply on how he played, then Gleason starts up here because he was that good in the preseason. Okay, uh, we'll get to more of your calls in a second, but we got to give you the goalie tonight. Excellent performance by Jack Campbell in a 3-1 win. Here he is. Jack, maybe if you can just take us through your confidence level right now. It's another start for you and another quality start. Yeah, it's pretty solid right now. Um, you know, feeling good, just having fun, and boys are playing great, so it's fun to uh, you know get some wins and just tune things up and I think we're ready to uh, rock and roll here come next week. Is this confidence mainly fueled by maybe changes you've made in the offseason, whether that be mental or physical? Yeah, lots of uh, lots of good changes, um, a lot of work and um, tweaking some things. So nice to see the preseason was, um, you know, paying off with the changes. But, you know, we're just getting started. So now it's a f- fresh slate, I guess, and uh, just going to keep working and having fun. Jack, how much more comfortable do you feel in your second camp compared to your first, you know, getting acclimated, having a full season here under, under your belt? Yeah, definitely uh, significantly more comfortable. Um, I think I made a lot of great changes this summer that I've been, you know, kind of a need to change uh, over the years. And um, it was just time and uh, just feeling really good and really happy to be back here and um, taking the ice with the guys. Play any baseball over the summer? The club seems to be in fine form. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. not a ton of baseball, but I was throwing the football around a little, so maybe maybe got to keep throwing her. You're making the ones you're making the ones that, that you should make, but you've made a few in this preseason that I mean, pretty pretty spectacular saves. Is it just always good to get those ones too? Like it must feel good to get a few of those under your belt too. Yeah, I mean the big thing I'd say is making the ones I should make. You know, um, when I'm just out there playing and having fun, I you know. My track records to not give up the ones I, I should have, um, and then make some of the ones I, you know, quote unquote, shouldn't, you know, no chance type plays. But uh, I just feel really grounded out there and um, just trying to control the game and control the rebounds. And the guys in front of me are doing a great job. And obviously, uh, it's a skilled game out there. So sometimes you got to go outside the box and uh, just compete. So uh, I'm fortunate to make a couple of those too. 
Jack, last season it seemed like you felt the weight of the world on your shoulders. Like, how do you shed that? Because you look like a lot looser this year. How do you shed that kind of from this year? Yeah, there's a lot of things uh, I did to shed that, and um, you know, it's a daily process. And just uh, really blessed to have the people I work with in my life. And um, yeah, we're feeling really good, and just really excited for for uh, the new season to start. It's well documented that this team kind of wants to change the way that it plays a little bit, be more defensively sound. Are you sensing that? Are you seeing that this might be an easier team to play behind? Yeah, I mean, the changes we've made as a group, uh, I think everybody can see it, and uh, I really like it. You know, it's more predictable, um, you know, the chances, I guess, if you will, uh, against. And, you know, our job, Stu and I, is to keep the puck out, so... You know, however we play, it's, you know, nothing changes on our end. So uh, it's nice to see the guys comfortable, playing well, and confident heading into Vancouver. You've had a lot of, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, you know, you seem to have a lot of success or have had a lot of success in your career when you've been the underdog. Did you feel that way coming into camp that, you you know, after the way Stu played that you kind of had something to prove a little bit and were the underdog coming in? I mean, what I have... Uh, 88 save percentage last year um yeah i'd say i had a lot to prove so not up to my standard but you know i'm not focused on that i'm focused on uh being me and the new me and uh just enjoying myself uh i think it you know my play speaks for itself everyone was in camp two weeks before sorry everyone was in the city two weeks before camp started in edmonton do you feel like as a group you guys were able to accomplish everything you guys wanted from the preseason in camp yeah i mean um it's a great question, Tony. Uh, I think as a group, we worked on this new structure changes. We, uh, you know, competed. We, we found ways to win tight games. You know, all the things, you know, it's important in the preseason, but, you know, blank slate now. So um, time to get back to work Sunday and uh, let the fun begin. What would it mean to you to get start on opening night after, you know, how it's gone for you here? What would that mean to you? I mean, I feel great, so whenever I do get to start, I'm ready to rock, so out of my control and uh, just ready to keep her going when I do go in. Well, it's good to hear Jack Campbell uh, sounding that upbeat mm -hmm. because there were some games last year uh, after where you felt like uh, you needed someone to give him a hug <laughs> after the game and then answering questions uh, after the game. But, you know, he said he worked us the thing. It's funny, a lot of times players won't reference their stats, you know, that bluntly, but he was just like, well... Like I was 880 last year. Like, what, oh, like well. You know, was, I mean, they don't often say it that directly necessarily, especially if it was bad. Like he was like, well, well you know, we all know what it was, and we all know that ain't going to cut players, it again. Players will reference it when it's uh, outward, outworldly bad. And if if I went into a season, you know, what do you what do you got to improve this year? Well, I had seven goals last year. I think goal scoring right. should be what I have to improve <laughs> on. So yeah, when it's something that it's an outlier in what you've done in your career, you're going to reference it because that is uh, it's something that you got in the back of your mind. This is okay. I'm going to prove something. I'm going to go with this summer. I'm going to work hard because that's not me. What they saw last year in Edmonton is not me. And some guys will even write it somewhere in their equipment or write it in their stall. And they'll look up there and say, you know, I'm not that guy. Or they'll write something the opposite. They'll write for a goalie, 914. That's my save percentage. Right. That's what I'm going to get to. He did sound good. He sounded positive. And, and again, I, I said earlier that, that that's a guy you cheer for because everything I've ever heard about him is he's this incredible guy.
that teammates love. So you want to see good things happen for him. And guess what? When good things happen for Jack Campbell, good things happen for the Edmonton Oilers. 3-1 win tonight. The Oilers also got a power play goal. We had that highlight earlier. Zach Hyman scoring with the man advantage. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports, four locations across Alberta, or online, conlonmotorsports.ca. Okay, 780-496-0063. Louie is on the line. Louie, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Good. Good. Hey, just a few things. Um, I've always kind of thought that the Oilers maybe needed a little bit of toughness or maybe a test on that fourth line, but I still keep thinking that the best power play ever assembled is probably the deterrent for that. And just listening to Jack's interview, like, I'm super excited for him. But in my mind, that game one starter is still Stu. And Jack's doing exactly what he should be in pushing Stu for that net. And last, I just wanted to let you guys take off your broadcaster hats, put on your fan hats, and how excited are you for this run this year? Well, uh, well I, don't, I don't have a fan hat, but I, <laughs> I look forward to the games counting in the season. Absolutely. Well, I, I look forward to I mean, I've been here. This is my 18th year. So I've had a couple nice runs where it's a lot of fun coming to the rink and, and watching the games. But I also had a lot of years where it was a long season, where mid-November you already knew that the Oilers were going to miss the playoffs. It was just a matter of how many points they were going to miss by. So I'm, I'm a fan of the game. I love watching great hockey, and I think that the Oilers this year will have a great hockey club. So as a fan, I'm excited to be able to see them play and see what they're able to accomplish. As for goaltending, I, to me, Campbell has earned game one, but I do believe that the way that Campbell has played and the fact that Skinner came in as your number one, that they both should play games one and two. And then you can start deciding after that how you're going to put them in. But I do believe that both players should play in the first two games, or both goalies should be in the first two games. And what was the other point that he made there about, he said goaltending, he said fans. I think he said you're incredibly handsome. Well, I mean, he's not wrong there either, Reed. So that was one of our best callers ever. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I... I joke with Chelsea in the afternoon because she'd be like, are you excited for the game? She asked. I was like, no, it's a preseason game. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not excited. I'm going to cover the game. Like, I, 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 and I mean this sincerely. I am excited for the fans of the Oilers because uh, there are a significant now percentage of Oilers fans who have never seen them be very good. Mm-hmm. And they've now made the playoffs four years in a row and have been quite good the last two years, even though they didn't get as far as they like. It is not unrealistic it is not overly optimistic it is not you know pie in the sky hopefulness to say they are a very very good team and they could win the stanley cup no you're right that it, is that is not saying well they need they're good and they need like four breaks to go deep in the playoffs like they're they're a legitimately good team so that's what excites me is that the extremely loyal and passionate fan base should be treated Again, like last year, to a very good, uh, an, inter- you know, mm-hmm. an, an entertaining team, two of the best players uh, on the ice, you know, some good personalities, some good stories, and probably a significant number of wins again. Well, there's another playoff appearance. There's a generation of hockey fans in Edmonton that weren't Oiler fans. That's simply, true. Because like they weren't in the playoffs. My son's or age. They, or they would cheer for the Oilers in the regular season. But, that wasn't, but then they'd have another team. They'd yeah, they'd have the another jersey. Like yeah. my son, uh, I, you know, grew up here and he's 22 now. But, I mean, when he was forming his favorite team, well, the Oilers were terrible. 
and they were terrible for a long, long time. And it was hard cheering for a team that was in last place when there's all these other cool teams out there with good players and stuff. So the Oilers now are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are in the top five best teams in, in the in the league. They've got the two best players in the world on their team. Uh, to me, there, there might be some bumps in the road this year, but enjoy all of it. Because at the end of the season, if the Oilers do get to carry the Stanley Cup, you want to say you were a fan through it all. And you rode the highs and the lows with this team because it is going to be a fun season. All right. We'll get to a couple more phone calls in a couple of minutes. The Oilers have beaten Seattle 3-1 here at Rogers Place. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. 1-0 Seattle's Bouchard steps in. Right circle to the net. Tiptoe brilliantly by Connor McDavid. What a look by Bouchard. And McDavid deposits it behind Philip Grubauer. It's one all. Yeah, that tied it with 4:21 left in the first period. Uh, Hyman put the Oilers ahead in the second period. Kane scores early in the third. 3-1 is your final. McCann scores for Seattle. Of course he does. He's, he's good. Yeah, he can shoot the puck. Actually, there was uh, three beautiful shots in this game. That was the one we just heard, the Connor McDavid one. That was a wonderful pass. McDavid just beat his guy going to the net. But the Kane shot, the Hyman fa- shot, and the McCann shot, all three great shots that neither goaltender had any chance on. Yeah, I mean, McCann's quite a story, right? And it just it just shows, uh, I mean, you never know, right? Uh, so he's drafted 24th overall in yep, 2014. First so he's he's yep. a first-rounder. Uh, rookie with Vancouver, nine goals. Like, they were probably thinking, okay. But yep. uh, they apparently weren't thinking that because <laughs> uh, they traded him uh, for good Branson. Spends most of the next year in the minors, but he did score one goal in 29 games for the Panthers. Then his goal totals uh, nine. Did get to 19 in a in a season he split between Florida and the Penguins. Got to 14 two years in a row for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So okay, and 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 one of those games was uh, one of those years was only uh, 43 games. And then he goes to Seattle and he scores 27 and then 40. Well, he started playing in different situations. Again, he was in Pittsburgh. He wasn't their number one line guy. He wasn't on the first power play unit. Uh, He goes to Seattle and all of a sudden gets a little more ice time, gets a little more sugar time, and and he shows what he's capable of doing. And and it's one of those, it's like when when Vegas, their their first couple of years, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals and all these players are like, how did these guys get picked up in the waiver or like in the Mm -hmm. expansion draft like how could you guys expose these players look how good they are and then seattle gets a couple players too that you're like wow there were some mistakes made by some teams leaving these guys unprotected and good on these players for when they were given the opportunity were able to take advantage of it and mechanic i mean that was i mean a great goal scorer goal that he scored today uh I, i i hope that he can accomplish the 40 goal feet again this year. It's a pretty, pretty amazing thing. And the Seattle Kraken, they need guys that can score, and he certainly uh, is the top of the bill for that team. Okay, let's bring in a couple more guys on the phones here. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll start with Alex. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you? Pretty good. Well, for me, obviously, the big story is, and you guys are talking about it, is Campbell. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, going into this year, you know, the question mark was how is Camel going to be this year? And and that just excites me. Like, oh, I can't believe that. It'd be so cool to have two net miners that you can count on. And I see I see Camel being the first starter and uh, then Skinner and then just platoon him and see what happens. And, uh, and you know what? I love Brown, man, Connor Brown. Being in that top six now, so there's no weak link on that top six. Definitely a big improvement over Yamamoto. And uh, Evander Kane having a full year, and I, I come hopefully that hip flexure won't be nagging, and uh, lots to look forward to. I, I, I don't really like that 11-7, and seven just because I like to see four full lines have some identity through that whole lineup, eh? one through four lines, and have some consistency there. And uh, I promised my wife I wasn't going to phone your uh, station and, and, and whine and complain more than five times this year. So I love you guys, and I'm going to enjoy this season. <laughs> Okay, well, the, we'll call that a positive one. So that, that's that not is, one of that his is, five. No, that's not, not one, one of his uh, five. That was nope. not whiny at all. That was uh, <laughs> that was quite positive. And, and Connor Brown. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I mean, even tonight, uh, I noticed, you know, he's like I, I've said, he's around the net, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's around the net. He's he's trouble for the other team. Well, what he is, too, is he's a legitimate top six player. And I think in the last couple of years, there was a hope. They've been hoping to find that, people. That Pugliarvi or, or Yamamoto. Or a guy could do it for four games, and then all of a sudden, oh, now he's back to... And the thing with Connor Brown is he brings so much to the table, and he is a complete hockey player. So, yeah, the others are they're deep. This is a, a very good hockey club, and I don't know that Alex doesn't like... He wants to have 12 forwards and go roll four f- lines and each have a, an identity. But uh, the Oilers right now, I think 11-7 actually suits them better just because I think you have a hard time finding that 12th forward. Yeah. And I don't mind having an identity with a Yanmark and Ryan and a Nuge or a Yanmark and Ryan and a McDavid. Yeah. I think they can find an identity that line. Yeah, that's the thing. A, a guy. Well, and one thing we've seen Woodcroft do, it's not always... Dreisaitl or McDavid no, he throws that gets bunch, the. Yeah. I mean, we've seen uh, Hyman go out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there even game last year where he gave McLeod a couple of extra. One hundred percent. He's know. finding ice time for other players, which is good. And depending on what the game, what they need, but uh, he, I mean, Woodcroft did mention eleven and seven a couple times in his post game. Uh, I do believe you'll see it. And to me, I think you'll see it in game one if Ekholm and Kulak are healthy and play. All right, we'll go to Landon as well. Hi, Landon. Go ahead. Hey guys, so uh, a few things here, I'll try and get them off quick. So it's crazy seeing all the years thinking back to their 17-18 cup run and just thinking how deep they were and looking at now. They don't have five guys anymore in their top six. They got a true top six and that makes them be able to do 11-7 and seven that much easier. And their uh, you know, bottom, bottom five forwards can be more effective. And it's hard, you know, seeing the law on the bubble. You don't want to risk losing them, but they're a good team, and it doesn't hurt uh, as much to also lose a guy like that in the past. 
And then people are also forgetting, I think, Mr. Sam Gagne, the Oilers legend. I don't know what you guys think about this, but do you think it could be kind of like a Wayne Simmons thing when he gets healthy? And what if they sign him to a two-way deal? And he more so stays up and doesn't go down. I don't know what the rules are in that in the league. And then well, last thing here. Sorry. Or sorry, go ahead. No, no, Phil, I'll let you finish. Sorry. Okay, so and then last thing is just the defense. You know, some people might not like CC. I think he's a great third-pairing D-man. Do you know how many teams in the league that would kill to have that guy in the third pair? And this Gleason guy has been phenomenal. That puts you in a spot, like a tough spot, and that's a good thing, of course. But I almost would send Dehernay down and have Broberg and Gleason kind of battling to for ice time because, you know, it, it is Broberg. Broberg needs to get going here. He either needs to play big minutes in the minors or be effective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good call for sure. Uh, I, yeah, maybe a more a comparable, uh, you know, how Jason Demers was handled mm-hmm. last year. That could be the what the – I was just double-checking the exact – trajectory for Demers. He didn't he didn't sign a two-way contract with the Oilers until December of last year and then they cuz I think it was his, was it his 700th game it was some milestone game yeah, he they came called up, him up for and he actually played in San Jose against the team that he'd played so much for during his career it was kind of a nice moment for him yeah but uh yeah I mean I we kind of hadn't talked about Gagne a lot, but he's closer to being healthier, and then we'll see. I mean, he may wind up going to, to Baco, and then well, he's around. Yeah, to me, he's he, he's got to get 20, 25 games in the minors. I mean, yeah. with after surgery and trying to get back up to speed to play at the National Hockey League level, it wouldn't be fair to him to give him his audition at the National Hockey League level coming so far behind everyone else mm-hmm. with the injuries and not being going through the exhibition season. Uh, I, I don't know if he's capable of doing it at, in advanced years and coming off of injuries, but uh, he would be another feel-good story if he was able to somehow climb his way back up and play for the Oilers this year. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad it's here. Oh, I'm I'm glad the preseason is over. I'm glad yes, one hundred percent. The season actually isn't here. We have to wait a few days, but I'm glad it's the the next game. Yes, uh, counts in the standings. And, and and as much as you and I can be a little sarcastic about it, I mean it was it was important. Like Ben Gleason is thinking this was, was this very was important. super important. I mean even Holloway, Jack I, I, Jack, Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell. You yes. know, and that's the thing. Like Holloway. I mean, they got an extra forward. Someone had to sit out. They needed mm-hmm. to get Ryan a game, but like, they didn't need to play Holloway because they weren't thinking like, we better give him one more game and hope he like he's on the team. But man, oh man, we'd like him to score or make some good plays. It was kind of like, okay, we know what we're getting. He, he came to camp and he did everything he needed. So there, there were important preseason games for uh, for a lot of players, and some of them came through. Some of them we might, we might have still the odd question or two, but. Uh, uh, again, I think the team is looking pretty good going into the season. All right, Rob. Well, happy Thanksgiving, man. Hope you have a great Same weekend. Same to you. Enjoy it with your family, and we will see each other on Wednesday, probably both about four or five pounds heavier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, and to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here inside Rogers Place. We've been coming to you live from Studio 99, which is uh, now empty except for our sound technician, Troy and I, as uh, Rob walks out. No one's even binding the bar. I guess it's self-serve. 
Uh, the Elks lost 35-12 uh, to Toronto. That game was on Kiss and Country. Get more on both teams on uh, globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. Yes, the next game broadcast, regular season, Wednesday. Orders at Vancouver, 6.30 face-off show. The puck will drop at 8. Oilers Hockey, of course, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. So on behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers win this one 3-1 over the Tentacles.